You're listening to the podcast for grain merchandisers by grain merchandisers. Join us in our good humored attempt to serve as a voice of reason in an industry fraught with misconceptions and half truths. And now, from deep in America's heartland, this is the Elevator's Cut. Welcome back to another episode of The Elevator's Cut. I am one of your hosts, Jason Wheeler. And I'm your other host, Roger Gaddis. Today we have a special guest. It is it is margin call season. So we thought who better to have than our our local wizard, uh, Jeff Reardon, uh, who helps grain elevator folks with their financing accounting all the stuff that come that starts to crop up in years like this that become really critical (laughs) and so jeff thanks for coming again on the show friend of the show been on multiple times now so we are we're glad you could make it hey thanks so much for having me i really appreciate the opportunity to be on the elevator's cut i mean what what a great way to get the message out to the people that's right so this year, obviously, the the big thing is is margin calls. We had a huge run up. Of course, your grain elevator traditionally they got short futures, so big rallies in the markets mean the brokers calling every day asking for money. And mostly that's that's Roger and I. We we get to do that job, which is which is fun, right, Roger? It's uh, the blast. <laughs> and uh, so, anyways, the so Jeff, you've been helping folks throughout this. What's uh, so what's the feel out there? How how are the banks handling this? What's their viewpoint on all this? I know we so we had last time I guess this happened was 2012, and then right before that we had 08, which everybody always talks about, which was which was crazy. But I think the banks learned a lot from those years. And so how is it how is it working this year versus those years? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. They've learned a tremendous amount and they really have become much better partners to our businesses. Uh, You know, like you said, we had corn, you know, since harvest, corn's gone up over three bucks. Right. And and uh, beans are probably closer to five. So the margin calls certainly are real this year. But I think, as you said, I think in general, the banks are ready. And honestly, our customers as well, you know, the, the, the grain companies that we work with and all the grain companies, that I see out there, you know, they seem to be more prepared. Now that doesn't mean there's no stress, right? Um, but, you know, think about it. You know, if you, if you don't have a, a strong financial team, both internal and external right now, I mean, you may feel like that one-legged person in an ass-kicking contest, right? You know, it's, it's <laughs> real. These calls, you guys are making them every day. I mean, as you said, you know, nobody expect, we, we all expect it to happen at some point, but you just don't know when. And, and we just, this year was the year. Uh, that it all got started like that. Um, but yeah, banks, I mean, if you're on a borrowing base with a bank, uh, they're probably very, very, very comfortable with grain. You know, you're, you're probably not the only one that they work with. Uh, but that doesn't mean you're not talking to your banker every day. I mean, you got to do that. That's probably the most important thing we can do is communicate with the bank, even the best banks that we deal with. I mean, you know, grain banks that everybody sees, everybody knows, hey, these guys are in the business you know what, they still want to see a plan from you. They still want to know, you know, what, what's going to happen if the market rallies, you know, are, are, are you going to continue to buy grain? 
oh, you are, you know, of course we are, you know, if the market runs up another buck or two, uh, you know, it's our goal at the elevator to buy, buy more corn and beans and wheat. And, uh, you know, so what the, what's that going to do? What's it look like? Um, are they comfortable with you taking a bigger position? Um, you know, and at that point, you know, maybe you're talking to them about their limits. You know, some of the banks I've talked to have gone out, you know, that are working with bigger customers and they've gone out and find, find partners, right? Because they have hold limits. And, you know, that goes for money center banks. It goes for really any, anybody lending in our industry. They're going to have a limit on how much they can give any one customer. So, you know, if you're with the community bank or a regional, you need to be having those discussions, you know, uh, uh, give them a plan for what you think could happen. And, uh, and, you know, right. We want to make sure they have all the information possible, you know, at their fingertips um, and then see what they say. Right. Uh, you know, if you haven't, I'm sure everybody out there listening has been talking to their bank regularly, but uh, find out what their limits are and, and let them know what, what you think your internal limits are as far as buying new crop. Cause that's really where the game's being played right now. Right. Is it is in the new crop markets? Yeah, I I think a, a big difference. Roger and I actually met with the some elevator folks yesterday, several folks, and they they talked about you know how often are you giving reports to your bank, you know, and and guys some some guys now that we're in the thick of the rally, pretty good. It's weekly, uh, but even before that, it was monthly, and that was a thing you didn't see uh, in 08. The guys never really had to do much reporting because, you know, there wasn't a, a huge. Yeah, we had some some rallies, some up days and stuff from time to time, but it wasn't a huge thing. Like you said, that I guess we know that it's it's corn's been up three bucks and beans five since harvest. That's just that's crazy to think about. I, I know when we do plans, you know, you always go through plans as an elevator to give to your bank and say, all right, here's where, based on where things are now, here's about how much money I think I'll need throughout the year. And then here's what happens if we have a little bit of a rally, is this okay? And the numbers, I don't know, the numbers I put in is like a dollar for corn, $2 for beans. We'd be good with that, you know? And, uh, and of course now we've tripled that about. So that is the thing. And if you think back to, early August before this, this whole thing took off. That's, that was the feeling everybody has like, well, I, I put a dollar in here, but I mean, this market's not good. We got so much corn and it, we're not going to see anything, but um, you know, you, no one ever knows when it's going to happen and how severely it's going to happen. So, well, uh, so see, being ready. Completely correct there, Jason, because Facebook gray market discussion group did call this. No, that's right. They said it's going to it's rally the year of nine stuff just delayed by two years. So people knew, but you know they were we weren't paying attention to the to the street side profits, if you will. So you know eggs on our face, right? Yeah, it's like the the guy who thinks he's got telepathy because if he stares at the traffic light long enough, he can make it change. You know, it's like yeah, uh, yeah, to the well, moon. Blind clocks and broken pigs or something. <laughs> Straight to the moon. Yeah, we've heard that a lot this year, too. And, and uh, you know, you, you, Jason, you mentioned something about, you know, borrowing bases and, and reporting and, and, and like that. And I actually, believe it or not, I still hear from people that say, hey, I don't want to give them all this because they're going to keep asking for it. Right. Well, look, I mean, here's, here's a reality check. 
margin calls either get made or they don't. So you, you don't want to get forced out of a position. You don't want to have to buy puts at the top of the market. You know, those aren't good outcomes. So, so let's just all get on the same page. We had a banker in a mark to market class and it's amazing that they, they've really, a lot of these guys and gals have done their homework. Right. And, uh, and he, he stands up, he's not one of our speakers or anything, but he stands up and he says, Hey, don't treat me like a mushroom. <laughs> and everybody just starts laughing. You know, we're laughing. We're, we're having a good time the whole meeting. And uh, but then he pauses, you know, and he says, look, don't keep me in the dark and cover me with manure. Right. So, you know, I, I talked a little bit about those internal processes. We have to have those in place. Right. Because if, if the numbers that you're given uh, the lender, whatever size they are, don't match to your position report and your brokerage statement. Um, guess what? You know, they're going to have a hard time approving your loan. They're not really going to trust the information. So you got to do the blocking and tackling, right? I, we've had more interest in our mark-to-market class this year than we've had in the last couple of years. And guess what? When markets run, that's exactly what's happened, right? All the little challenges that we have start bubbling to the surface, and then they become big challenges. You know, I've mm -hmm. uh, I've talked to people, gosh, multiple people that were doing little things wrong in their accounting, but it didn't matter. You know, the markets weren't running. So, you know, it, you were, it was never going to show up, you know, in the accounting world, we call that material, right? Well, they, they weren't material challenges, but guess what? You know, market moves three bucks or five bucks or whatever it did. And now it's material and now we got to fix it. So we're fixing that at the same time, you know, some people might not be with the best bank they could be with. So you just got to do all these things, you know, that, that make co it's common sense to everybody, you know, you know, when you, when you're, uh, looking for a, a spouse, you find the best person you possibly can find, you know, right? I mean, that's the thing. When you're looking for a lender, do it. Find the best person that's a lender that you know, and then and then see if that person can actually do what you need for your business. And of course, the same thing with the accountant. This is really kind of a stress test. You know, we, we see it as a market stress test, but really it's a stress test for your relationships. So on the bank thing, when... I go back just just a little bit on the uh, participation thing so maybe your local bank you get outside of their limits but they can go to a larger bank and they can participate in the loan and make sure you got enough money right, That's um, right. how so that pro and so we talk about planning ahead and making sure everything's in line for that and having open lines of communication with your bank and and all that if how quickly does a getting something like that set up how long does that take to uh to get in place you know, I'm, gonna, deal. I'm gonna steal this from a friend of mine in south carolina he started saying this to me he said you know we're as fast as a turd of hurdles did i say that wrong a turd of hurdles now we gotta <laughs> <laughs> oh, that it. sounds about right <laughs> to me he said, <laughs> <laughs> he says we're as fast as a herd of turtles there it is there it is. So anyway, I imagine uh, the other thing isn't very fast either, though. So yeah, <laughs> they can both work. <laughs> I think so. Anyway, y'all get the picture. Um, no, it takes forever, right? So, so what the banks do is they just like we do. We they make relationships ahead of time, right? You know, you're helping me on this deal, so I'm going to help you on that deal. Uh, but that doesn't mean that that relationship is going to be comfortable with lending in the grain business, right? Uh, so it's something you, you got to talk to them. Look, 
we've been talking about new crop at white commercial wow we've been talking about it you know all year right we've, we've been in front of the banks and everybody you know say hey new crop you know it's rallying uh look out for your contracts uh but we're already to april so that, so may is coming and uh and now the plans are starting to show harvest on them right at first we were just putting out that new crop fire but now we're looking towards this this harvest number which could be a lot bigger than what we're used to so jason your question on uh you know people uh, finding additional banking relationships it, it it needs to happen now this is a you know harvest is coming if you know who knows what happens with the markets but if we have a big market and you know this year farmers sold everything they had you know hey usually we see you know across the board we'll see maybe 30 percent or more in price later so so you really you get to use uh other people's money for a little while last year that didn't happen right you know but and, and certainly by january 1st there was just a very small amount of price later grain on the books so yeah it's time to really look at that plan yeah it's just you think all right my operating lines five million maybe at the bank i usually don't go that much uh i usually don't don't get close to it obviously this year's different and so you you know the needs go up and the bank says yeah we can double it to 10 million or something and and so you do that and now your you know market keeps rolling up and then you get about to the 10 million and the bank said hey hey let's let's go to the next bit and they say no 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 10 all we're allowed to do that's we can't do anymore we you know and then you got to get another bank involved and if it's Hey, we got to make this margin call today. We can't just get another bank set up at that point, right? So that's uh that's the big deal is is you got to have these conversations with the bank way ahead of when you're uh knocking up against those limits. So have a plan and put not not necessarily they need to run out, you know, that day and and get it, but they need to have some stuff lined up for for when you get close that 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 can happen. Is it? I mean, that's right uh. That's the deal. It's just you can't. Hey, I got a margin call today. Well, sorry, we can't. We can't make it. Well, go get that participating bank. Uh, it takes a little more than uh, half an hour to get done. So, uh, it, you know, we say this all the time. It takes a while for a banker to fall in love with you. So you just gotta allow that process to occur. It's gonna take a little bit of time. So give yourself that time. And uh, you know, something else I've been bumping into, guys, is that uh, you know last few years and through no fault of anybody's right when the grain elevator is going to or grain company i should say because we deal with a lot of folks that are you know use the the grain as well but when they go to do their financial statements you know maybe it takes an extra couple months uh than you would think to to get the financial statements done don't be that person this year you know this year is one of those years where you got to have all your ducks in a row and you know call your cpa say look I got to have these financials done faster than you've ever done them before. I want to be the first one done this year, you know, for this time period. What do I got to do? You know, do, hey, uh, do I need to get all my credit cards receipts to you early, you know, for, you know, today, you know, through the, the end of my fiscal year? Whatever it is, maybe it's payables, you know. Uh, you pick the poison. Whatever usually slows you down, the thing that you hate to do the most, do it first and let them know, too, that, look, this year it's important because, when you go to a new relationship, you know, when you're asking for more money, uh, you know, what, what do they like to see? The most recent financials. 
So don't don't let that one slip. I know we're going to be real busy this year. I hope we're buying a lot of corn, a lot of beans. But uh, we that financial team, that internal financial team, is going to have to be working real hard for us. Yeah, that just makes sense. Right? You want to ask for more money than you've ever gotten. Make maybe make them feel like you're on top of things, right? <laughs> you're getting stuff done when it needs to, and and, uh, and you in know, along with that, you know, on top of things part. You know, and we haven't had to do this as an industry for several years, uh, certainly not to this degree, is having internal limits and controls uh, at the elevator, too, with that. Because I, I assume some lenders are going to want to see that you're proactively trying to mitigate things. And, and it can be something as simple as <laughs> simple concept, maybe not as simple to get done in this environment, but having some futures balance in your accounts. You know, if you've got a bunch of Let's say you've, you, you, you've just got a pile of new crop corn on right now and you bid a margin, hopefully, and you're sitting here and you're like, oh, I got these margin calls. We're not even into rally season yet. Uh, well, what can you do about that? And you can go borrow more money. Yeah, but is there a way to preserve some of that for other things? Because, you know, if you're going to be handling wheat this year, you've got that crop to take in and pay for pretty quick. And if you're carrying some of it, you're not going to be able to sell all of it for cash flow. And then you're probably still going to be margining corn and beans through the summer into the fall. But, you know, if you, some folks have told me of, of plans where they say, look, if I get. Let's just say, for example, if I get a half a million bushels of corn, new crop corn booked, I want to sell 250 of that and get it priced and get that off the books. And obviously it needs to be, it needs to check some boxes. It needs to be profitable. Uh, it helps if it's a logistics based sell too, because you know, there's a lot of folks that do have to turn and burn bushels at harvest. So if it's stuff, you know, you've got to move anyway, uh, that checks the logistics box. And the big box it checks between here and there is getting rid of short futures. So having some internal limits, and it might be a deal where you, you, you can't do it on beans, but you can on corn. So you do it on corn to, to, to lay some of the short futures. However, it works out. The math is different for everybody, but the ability is there to mitigate some of this stuff uh, in a lot of cases. Now, I, I fully understand there's some parts of the country where new crop uh, buyers and users are not willing to exchange and price out. You know, that's a that's a different ballgame. Maybe you need to go find a reseller somewhere that will. Uh, it might cost you a little on basis, but maybe it saves you some some uh, working capital uh, on margin calls this summer. So I think the idea of having internal limits and controls on what you're willing to extend yourself to uh, it goes a long way. And, uh, you know, Jeff, we've talked about some of this and it's not a as big a deal for the deferred yet, like, say, the 22 new crop or 23. But people are buying out there for 22 for sure. And even some in 23, the, the, the meeting we had this week here in Kansas city, some folks was talking about it really got to be on the ball for that because that's a long time to margin those things uh, if you have to. And it's probably even more difficult to find an end user to swap futures and price stuff out there uh, again, depending on where you're at. So uh, we've got a lot of months ahead of us before we get to harvest where, uh, and even then cash flow is slow coming after that just because of logistics. So, uh, internal limits, I think, is a big point right now that folks need to be. Uh, hopefully, they've already considered, but they haven't. They really need to start considering it today. Roger, boy, you said a lot of things in there that I just want to. I just kind of want to repeat because it was so important. One thing you said was do the math, right? And we all hate doing math. I mean, we get that. But, <laughs> yep. But we have to, right? You know, when we're talking about these internal limits, we do it in our plan. We kind of do it for you, but. Um, 
hey, if the market's going to rally, you know you're going to buy more. And well, well, you want to be able to buy more, I should say, mm -hmm. uh, you know, as long as you have everything done properly. Because, look, you're not going to be lowering your basis by a penny. You're going to be looking at nickels, dimes and quarters. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, as, as the market goes up. So that's really and that's why I get so excited about these markets, because we have opportunities. And, and when people realize, you know, as it's going, hey, wait a second, I can't I do have more control over my basis with, you know, whatever, seven dollar corn than I do at $3 corn. Uh, you know, I think we just, we have to understand mm -hmm. we also have more risk and that, that, Roger, I think that's what you were saying. Yeah, yes. Yeah, but one other thing that uh, jumped out at me too is obviously talking about those forward years and everything. And that was the big thing that got us in 08 because we had the big rally, but we also had big carries in the future years. And uh, so as good as the price was nearby, it was, better for crops ahead and we had a big on the run-up we had a, a big amount of forward contracts and <clears throat> jeff can you speak a little to to that as far as the difference how a bank looks at it of obviously margining uh or i guess answer margin calls or paying margin calls on inventory versus forward contracts and how far it goes out and how they look at that Absolutely. That's that's a really great point. The uh, so what we what we have in the banking world is and think of it kind of like a line of credit on your house, right? You'll have a certain percentage that the of the value of the house that they'll let you lend against, right? The rest of the money is going to come from you, and it's it's the same thing with grain lending. So, you know, on inventory, you might get 85% of the value of of uh, or more if you use warehouse receipts. Of your inventory so that's great right you know the bank's gonna give you 85 percent maybe more if you have warehouse receipts and the rest is going to come from you on a normal forward contract which i'll say is an old crop contract you know definitely you're going to be at 80 percent maybe more um you know depending on who you're with uh so so if the market to, to put that in real terms if the market runs three dollars i'm gonna i'm gonna say the market runs three dollars on corn well 80 percent of that is two dollars and forty cents. So they're going to give you uh, two forty, and you're going to put up sixty cents in working capital. So this is where we're stress testing your working capital. And I'm going to say uh, banks are going; they're definitely going out now uh, to New Crop 22. Most of them are doing that for us. Uh, new Crop 23, they're not getting out there. So if if you had that same three dollar rally on, you mentioned New Crop uh, 23. Well, if you had three dollars on that and it's before the time frame when they're going to give you an advance on it, hey, that's all on you. So that's coming straight out of your working capital. So so doing that can be in very, very, very profitable. But, man, you got to have a stout balance sheet to be doing that in this market. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I'm not a predictor. You know that I have no, I have no idea what's going to happen next. But in the past, the the inversion, like if you look at that inversion we had, I think you mentioned 11 to 12, you know. The, the next year, which in this case would be uh, 20, I guess going into 20 harvest of 2021 and maybe even into a little bit into 2022, we got to look for more volatility. I would think, you know, if you're doing risk management, I'm not saying it's going to go up or down. I'm just saying, you know, yeah. it has a long tail. All right, Jeff. So switching gears a little bit away from the rally, we've talked a, a good bit about that. Obviously, super important at the moment. 
but but also the other stuff you do that's unique that that I see is is your ability to see because you work with we have about 300 company grain companies we work with and you get a, a large majority of their financials as we go through the year and and I always lean on you this is something I always ask you but I can do it in in front of the the audience here is how are things going this year grain margin wise and everything because you, you're constantly looking at people's financials and you're seeing hey this year's better than last year worse than last year so what are you seeing right now for for this year so I guess starting with fall of 20 crop going forward how's it looking thanks Jason yeah if uh, for the fall of 20 crop I see it's really uh, it's like that tale of two cities right we have people that you know were very cognizant of their buy basis um, that went out and set some spreads you know obviously not everybody is in that boat but the people that were there they're having a great year you know usually i see you know profits gross profits somewhere between 60 and 70 cent maybe upper 70s depending on where you're located in north america but 60 to say 75 cents per bushel of space usually i see that and i really do think that the people that you know did the blocking and tackling you know we have all the classes in the world on spread management and and certainly origination and, and how important the buy basis is. So the people that were doing that, they, they're having a great year. Um, the, um, the other income that we have was down a little bit, but for them, the merchandising income was up a little bit. Uh, but the people that were maybe just getting started in the industry and you know, really, it's all about focus, right? Time focus spent on basis trading concepts is gonna be a little rocky, right? Because you know, maybe you paid too much at harvest. Maybe we all did, right? But maybe you paid too much at harvest, and you know, didn't, weren't really comfortable setting spreads early. Um, you know, we spent a lot of time on that. I can't say that enough. Um, you know, try to try to set the spreads early. And for those folks, it's gonna definitely gonna be a shorter year on the profit side. But look, that's just one year, right? We all learn. It's a learning process. So I'm an optimist, and as I view that. You know, I think it was Charlie Munger. He said, you know, you have to take the mistakes we make and just, you know, put them out out in the open. And we'd see that in our meetings, you know, put the mistake out there so you won't do it again. And, uh, you know, so if you feel as though you're in that boat this year that could have been a little bit better, just don't do it again. Right. You know, we have another year coming and we have great opportunities for margins coming forward, I think, uh, because we're as merchandisers, we're going to learn a little bit this year and we're going to do the math. And we're we're definitely ready for the volatility. So I think that that we're definitely coming back. If we had a difficult year this year, I think next year will be fantastic. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna learn and relearn because even for those of us that's been in an in industry for a few decades now, it's it's stuff we haven't dealt with in a long time. So it it, it is a relearning. And talking to customers, it is it is it's just been a, you know out of sight, out of mind for a while. But here we are. Uh, you know, everybody likes to compare to 08, at least in the financials part of it uh, obviously market structure was different but in the financial part of it and and we are on better footing today uh, all across the board uh, but the, the, this, those little things that we've got to remember uh, specifically you know minding your p's and q's if you will of basis trading to make these things work out in these types of environments and uh, yeah there appears to be headed for a good sized crop and good you know bushels competing for space and that's a good thing and um, you know, uh, 
it seems like it's shaping up to be a good year uh, going forward for 21. We'll see. I hope I can still say the same thing when we get on the other side of summer, but it looks good from this point. I, yeah, nobody – uh, sorry, nobody – Really, I guess, can look back and say they manage their spreads perfectly this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hopefully, you know, that they had more success than than failure, all, all, all that being considered. But it's funny how we get out of practice because we go through a few years of, you know, things being, quote unquote, normal. It, and it's just like like farmers, they get in the, the habit of I mean, we've seen. Up until this last year, the averaging contract has been huge because people are like, you know what? Every year we get a rally in the spring, early summer, and it's always better than what it is in the fall. And, you know, I just need to keep and it's kept growing and growing. And and it's not necessarily an averaging contract the right thing to do, but that the mentality of I, I do need to get some stuff sold in these, you know, spring, summer rallies ahead of harvest. And we, you kind of get in that habit. And it's it's good. And then a year like this and they fall off and we all know that's um that's hard to do but but we do the same thing in the the elevator business we kind of got lulled into you know what spreads always are kind of okay I mean, we've had several years when hey we've had carries every year and and it's they're not going to go away completely we got plenty of, and then now guys i mean people <laughs> just rolled off this may july at you know 40 50 cents inverted and they they've known for months they were going to have to take this spread, but they just like, well, maybe it'll come back a little bit more. And they just wash it and wash it. And uh, and, you know, so it's it's little stuff like that. And and um, planning ahead, they could, you know, you can set these March well ahead, or sorry, these July could have set it well ahead for for a carry for a decent carry or or uh, even a small carry would have been vastly superior to what we have and now we're we're starting to see as we get later in the year these guys that didn't manage them as proactively their margins are eroding because we you know that early basis volatility we got some strong basis guys you know like jeff was saying that margin wise was pretty good earlier this year uh because of the basis volatility and the ability to make some some good margin but now all these later bushels, if you don't have them sold or moved or spread properly, it's going to eat away. In some cases, going to have people go from the black to the red uh, for, for their year because they've got so so many bushels that they didn't do a great job managing the spreads or selling ahead or what have you. So, um, so hope, I mean, you know, summer basis will stay volatile, obviously, all summer. So we'll see what basis can do to compensate guys for some of these inverses, but it's usually a challenge to overcome big inverses with just basis improvement. Um, typically. So that's, it's going to be tough. One thing, Jeff, real quick, and I hate to, uh, get too off topic here, but one thing you mentioned that I think is really cool. And maybe you could just briefly talk about what it is and how you arrived at is the margin per bushel of space metric. From what I know, I think you're the only you came up with this and you're the only person I know that talks about things in those terms. But I I think it really, really gets a good, you know, view of of elevators and and all that. Can you talk a little bit about how you got there? Absolutely. I got there from years of frustration of talking about grain margins. Uh, Everybody's and I I just want to say first, too, that I I know we kind of live in an ivory tower and I know. It's a tough year for people, especially if you're new to the business. 
Um, so don't think, you know, we're, we understand it's, it, it can be difficult this year. We get it. And we're, we're here to help. Um, we're not, you know, trying to cast stones or anything like that. But um, yeah, so what I did for years, I was struggling to say, hey, you know, this is what somebody's margin is over here. You know, maybe it's Georgia or Texas or New York and try to compare that to, uh, you know, the margins that we were seeing in the Corn Belt or Ontario or, or, or out in the Western Corn Belt. Um, so what I realized, though, it just it hit me one day was that we all have the same asset we have to pay for. And uh, and this is a good segue into what I wanted to talk about. Well, the exp the operating expense for that asset runs around 50 cents for most uh, most grain elevators. Around 50 cents per bushel of licensed space is typically what I see for operating expenses. And uh, and so I'm like, wait a second, I can do more with that. You know, so let's let's break down payroll. Let's break down depreciation and interest because those are the big expenses and see really what you have. Uh, that you can control on the operating side. And believe it or not, you know, most people are running incredible companies. I believe it because I get to see it and they're lean and they're mean and they're, and they're doing everything they can. So there isn't a lot of room in there. Uh, so where the room comes is through basis trading. You know, if we know we got to cover 50 cents per bushel of space, uh, license space and uh, operating expenses, you know, that's where I get a little bit more defensive when I go out to look at spreads and, and other things. But as Roger alluded to, man, we have great balance sheets. Our balance sheets have gotten so much stronger. Our working capital per bushel of space, once again, you know, it's, you know, we're, we're probably, depending on where you're at in the world, you know, somewhere between 75 cents and a dollar uh, to working capital for every bushel of space. So that's a good place, right? And, um, and our debt is going, long-term debt's going down, our equity's going up. So the state of the industry is incredibly strong. And I don't see one year uh, you know, either being incredibly positive or incredibly negative, really affecting the strength of our industry. Um, but yeah, it's been fun because now I can communicate, you know, I can kind of mix that world of, you know, me being a CPA and, and talking to our customers and, and, and the leads and say, okay, this is what we can expect. People can relate to that, um, you know, because merchants understand how much space they have to pay for and the accountants understand how much that costs you know so those two things kind of go together how much we can possibly make on it so it's been fun i, I gotta say it's i feel anyway i hope that it's brought a lot more transparency to those type of margin conversations that really were all over the place before all right so we're we're getting towards the the end of our our usual a lot of time as always but uh, but Jeff, you've got some stuff coming up. If people wanted to engage with you or uh, reach out for your help, how do they do that? So uh, obviously my contact information, you know, I'll, I'll make sure is all over this. But uh, but uh, call me, email me, text me, tweet me, whatever it is. Um, and we're, we're launching CFO Insights. So you'll see this on the CFO Insights website as well. I'll try to uh, drag as many people over there as possible uh, when we launch this pot, when we send out this podcast. Um, so you'll have all my contact information there. And uh, honestly, we're doing, you know, this is, I get to work in this side of the industry all the time. You know, the, I was a banker for over 20 years and, you know, so helping people get money is something I'm really, really passionate about when, you know, we've got good companies out there that need more capital, more, um, more lending availability. I love doing that. So, you know, uh, whether you work with white commercial or you don't, I really want to talk to you about that. And uh, something else on the accounting side, 
we've been doing this mark to market accounting class for I've been at Y Commercial 13 years, so probably probably before I even came here, Sherry was doing it. But but you know, so I've been doing it every year, you know, 12 to 13 years, and uh, we've had thousands of people. I feel like we've trained most of the industry, and you know, we've got a really cool book that goes with it, and you know, obviously it's online, so you can do you know your your lectures if you will anytime you want. You could read the book if you want to learn that way, or and you can come to the class. So we're gonna do a class in St. Louis in June. So. If you have anybody on your team interested in any of what I just said, you know, please just reach out to me. I'm pretty easy to find. And uh, and I really, really look forward to talking to you. Yeah. Unlike, you know, some folks uh, might be ashamed to be associated with Jason and I in this, this podcast. Jeff is not. So if you, if you want to 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 reach out to him or, or you reach out to us, through him, you know, we'll get you in touch either way. And we, we thank him for uh, for taking a stand and, and being right there with us. Thank you, Roger. It's certainly been my pleasure. And yeah, I'll, I'll stand with you guys any day. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah. Well, I guess that wraps it up for today. We appreciate Jeff, of course, as always. Uh, yeah, guys, feel free to reach out to him. Like I said, we'll we'll plaster his uh, his info all over the the podcast uh, today. But but uh, yeah, reach out and and uh, he's extremely valuable to so many people in this industry. So it's a uh, real it, it, valuable to us today to get content on the podcast. Uh, that's actually worthwhile. Which Amen. Is change, right. I mean, yes. Anyways, so that's pretty good, but yeah, thanks again. And uh, we'll check you next time. As always, thanks for downloading and listening. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with folks you know in the business. And if you'd like to reach out anytime about anything at all or have any show ideas, you can always find us on Twitter at Elevator Cut. Follow us there, tweet at us, DM us, and we'll always respond. Until next time, for Roger, I'm Jason. For Jason, I'm Roger. Thanks for listening to The Elevator's Cut. Oh.